You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. The IFA show is held every three years in Frankfurt, Germany, focused on all things related to conventional meat and meat cutting skills. This year, for the first time, Conventional Meat shared the spotlight with Alt Meats, and Chicago-based ADM's presence in the Alt Meat category was significant. ADM has been a leader in the alternative proteins category since long before it was called alternative proteins. The company is one of the world's largest processors of agricultural commodities, including soybeans, corn, and wheat. But ADM has used the Alt Meat category's newfound popularity to invest in and expand its product offerings its technology, and its market reach. Juan Manuel Benitez Garcia is the head of ADM's global savory business. As part of the IFA show, he discussed seven trends to watch in the protein alternatives market. Those trends include consumers' focus on health, the need for new sources of protein, the growing use of fermentation as a means of producing larger quantities of food, going beyond burgers and nuggets, to develop plant-based products that mimic whole muscle cuts, the need to reduce the price of alternative meats, the need to appeal to children, and the development of plant-based versions of traditional, authentic cuisines. After his presentation, Benitez Garcia sat with Altmeat to go into more depth on these trends and their effect on the market. In the presentation today, you were covering seven trends that you see coming up in the alternative proteins market. Over what time period are you sort of referencing there? Is that like the next one to three years? Is that the next 20 years? So it depends because I think the time frame for the different trends will be different. If you look at what's happening in the plant-based trend with the whole muscle, that is something we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what we would see happening within the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, seeing more products coming out in the marketing, that's expectation, right? That we see that coming very quickly. There are others like the novel proteins that will take more time. That also requires regulatory approval in some countries. Mm-hmm. So that will take more time. And I think we have seen movement in countries like Singapore, as I mentioned during the presentation. The expectation is that other countries will follow. But as you have regulatory coming in place, you also need the market to catch up and have the products coming to market. You need to create the consumer awareness. So I think that will take a bit longer. There are others that are happening as we speak. For example, the traditional formats, so moving beyond burgers and nuggets into more traditional formats. We're seeing that happening right now. We are doing it with some of our customers, both in the Americas and in India, as I mentioned also as one of the examples. So that one is happening right now. On the transparency and also the traceability of the value chain, we had to take some decisions in that space already. We have customers in Europe that are demanding locally sourced raw materials. And specifically, where are the proteins coming from? So we also took action by acquiring a company in Europe that is providing us with non-GM, European-sourced protein ingredients to deliver our solutions for customers. So that one is happening right now. So when we look at the seven trends that I presented today, there's a combination of the things that we're seeing happening right now. You will see probably more predominance of some of these trends as time goes by. But the message was there are things that are happening right now that we need to take action on. And out of those seven trends, what would you say would be the three most urgent calls to action 
to the companies in this space in terms of what to be getting ready for now that is coming down? So I think you need to think about how do you continue developing for a broader adoption of the mid alternatives. I think we are still seeing that these products need to position and capture more, penetrate further the market. So I think there are actions that could be done around the different formats that are being developed. How do you capture a broader consumer base? How do you increase the share of plant-based meals within the eating occasions throughout the week? So when we talk about child-friendly and nutritional formats, when we talk about formats that are more connected to the regional and the cultural needs of different populations across the world, I think that's a direction that we should continue going to continue expanding the reach of plant-based alternatives. I think that is one. I think on the other one is how do we develop a whole muscle products that are also catering more to the needs of consumers. You saw that from a meat occasion perspective, when a consumer goes to a restaurant, they want to have a whole muscle experience, right? So when will be the time when a consumer will go to a restaurant and will ask for a whole muscle plant-based experience? That is the aim that we have at some point, but we need to continue developing the technology. We need to continue engaging with companies and consumers to make it happen. I think those are the things that we can influence right now. And of course, on the others, we need to continue working. The new technologies, we also need to continue enabling those new technologies. We need to continue working on our service side. Fermentation, for example. Fermentation is going to be an area that is going to provide a lot of alternatives from the way that we produce proteins in a more efficient way. But there's also very high demand for fermentation technologies out there in the market. There is not enough fermentation available for producing what is expected from a mineral term to perspective. So there's also investment that needs to come into these spaces. So there are different factors that are influencing this. But I think what we need to think of is how do we enable a faster conversion in the market and a faster consumer adoption? You say fermentation services. ADM is looking to say, we will provide the precision fermentation. You bring your product in, we do the fermentation service, and then you take the fermented. Is that the kind of fermentation service you mean? Or? So there are different ways. I okay. think we don't have a fixed model. We collaborate in different ways. It's not that we are putting out to the market that we have fermentation available for everyone. What we do is we engage in a conversation and we engage in a possibility to assess what can we do with the capacity that we have, how will this capacity serve the specific needs from the customer, and see how we could do a joint development, either by launching our ingredient together to the market, having a collaboration where we just provide the service. We need to sit together with the customer and identify what is the expectation from both sides. And from our side, also, where is the higher value creation that we could bring to the market? So it's not a fixed way of developing the business relationship. It's more a collaboration where we will find a way to do it together with that partner. And you mentioned your fourth trend was cost reduction in cultivated meat products. And that certainly has been sort of the goal of all of these different companies. But how does ADM have a role in that? So we invest in companies that are in this space. What we are also is working with them to enable them better use of the technology to see how we can make a better use of the raw materials and optimize the production. So that's the role that we play. We also, the role that we have in these companies is we are not major shareholders. So we are basically sitting in some of the boards, collaborating in some of the direction, but we also leave them the independence to do it on their own as well because, because our core business is a different one. So we want to be active and understanding how this is evolving, but we also have to spend the time where we are driving the business today that is in the technologies that we have widely available. So you have a piece both in the plant-based, in the fermentation, and in the cultivated. So 10 years from now, ADM, do you think is going to be like the Coca-Cola of the alternative proteins that you are going to dominate the landscape at that point? I don't say dominate. What we want to be, we want to be a key player in this space. We want to lead with our expertise in protein, but we want to lead with our expertise in solutions to the market. So we know 
that having a very strong and unique protein offering is going to be critical for us to continue building our leadership. But we need to complement that with the additional ingredients and solutions that we have in our portfolio. We do want to be a leader in protein. We are a leader in protein and we are investing in strengthening that position. We know that there is still a high demand in the market for additional protein. Texture protein is in high demand and we are building capabilities to provide more texture product to the market. So we see protein as a critical area for us to continue investing. And you have been seeing it. We have the investment in soya protein. We also announced the increased capacity in our Decatur production coming in the next years. So by 2025, we would have at least 30% more protein production capacity coming out of this investment. So we are really investing heavily on developing those capabilities to secure the supply of protein for our customers moving forward. And when we get to the seventh trend, traditional and authentic cuisines getting a plant-based sort of a plant-based treatment, the plant-based versions, why is that an important trend? Thinking about increasing the penetration also means how are we present with plant-based solutions across more consumption occasions? Right now, the entry point for plant-based was through probably more indulgent type of uh, formats with burgers, nuggets, chicken strips. A family ideally will not be feeding that every day to their children, right? And what you want is to get into additional dishes that would enable better participation and better share of those consumption occasions. So that's where we are heading to. So the idea is really how do you deliver those solutions to consumers that are looking for something else out there? What we see also from a consumer perspective is that there is a strong belief that plant-based also contributes to the well-being and the health in certain ways. So with that also a tendency from consumers to look proactively into improving their own well-being, there's also going to be demand for plant-based products moving forward. And that's what we want to be able to cater, providing solutions that are normally based on the formats that are available today, but also developing additional formats that would give us more penetration across consumption occasions. How long would you say do you think it will be into the future before we actually are going, as you described, to a restaurant and ordering a plant-based chicken breast and it looks like a plant-based chicken breast and you cut into it and it has the same grain and everything else? It would be difficult to predict when will that happen, right? I would like that to happen as early as possible. This is a market that is evolving fast. If you look at where we were 10 years ago with plant proteins into meat applications, the market wouldn't even want to talk about those 10 years ago. Many people, basically it was a business that was established and plant proteins were used for different functionality in processed meats. And today we stand at a point where there's a lot happening around different plant-based products that are taking space into meat consumption occasions. I would believe that in the midterm we would start seeing those concepts coming out to market, but it's difficult for me to give you an exact date. So my expectation is that it happens as soon as possible and that's what we are working on to enable this transformation to happen by delivering the right solutions for our customers and also incentivizing consumers to test and to experience plant-based products. From your position with your global outlook, what region of the globe is moving fastest in incorporating and embracing the plant-based analogs to meat products in particular? So North America was the region that started first. That's where we have seen most predominant growth over the past years. But Asia-Pacific, due to the size of the population and also because they have a very strong plant-based diet in the past. They are also adopting very fast. So that's an area that is growing fast. And also EMEA is becoming more relevant and growing fast because we have a population that is also very well aware of the sustainability and also willing to experience new formats. So I think the growth in the coming years, you will see, of course, North America continuing to being the largest region, but regions like Asia-Pacific and EMEA continuing to grow and becoming uh, more representative regions across the whole globe meat alternative consumption. Do you think that plant-based products could be 
a big part of the answer to hunger in developing countries, particularly in Africa, parts of the Middle East, parts of Asia? Do you think that has a part to play or not so much? Definitely. Plant <laughs> proteins have a part to play, basically. In the areas where you have lower disposable income from a consumer perspective, I think we need to have an adoption of the technology that comes also from the value creation for it to start developing into other areas. But I do have a belief that in some parts of the world where we expect a lot of population growth, like parts of Africa, for example, we don't have to feed those populations through animals to then move into plant-based. I think it's a similar situation like what we have seen with mobile phones. You didn't have to have landlines for some countries to adopt mobile phones at some point. We don't need to have everyone eating meat to then move into plant-based so we can accelerate the consumption of plant-based in some of those areas as well. Thank you to Juan Manuel Benitez-Garcia for taking the time to discuss these trends with Alt-Meat. You can read more about ADM and its Alt-Meat business in our magazine and on our website at alt.meat.net. You can also go there to subscribe to our twice-weekly newsletter and bi-monthly print magazine dedicated to the business of alternative meats. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.